Yes, and at some point, the supply and demand physical fundamentals will come into play. But I think they'll come into play in a different way than most people think. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcadia Economics on another Tuesday where we are ready to dig into our weekly physical silver report. Andy Sheckman of Miles Franklin, perhaps touch on some gold comments today as well. So, Andy, it's good to have you join me here. And interesting that we have a bit of a higher gold and silver price over the past week, uh, perhaps not for the most ideal conditions in the world, but certainly uh, nice to see at least a rebound in the metals. Seemed like we had a couple of weeks there where no matter what came out, we'd see gold and silver get hammered. Then, I don't know, we've had uh, some data that would have suggested some weakness in the metals, uh, higher than expected headline labor report, hotter than expected CPI and PPI. Yet right now, it seems like gold and silver in a bit of an uptrend probably completely unrelated to the fact that as of last Friday, the COT report showed the banks being net long silver in their contract positioning. Definitely unconnected, but with all that said, those are some of the things we can dig into today. But of course, more than anything, how are you doing today, my friend? <laughs> Good to be here, buddy. I'm well. How about yourself? Good to see you again. Oh, I'm doing well. And um you know, you, you mentioned that labor report. Yeah, the, the labor report came in uh, much better than had been anticipated. I don't know, adding somewhere like a million jobs or whatever the number was, or 336,000 in September, right? But you go back and look over the last three months, we've lost 692,000 full-time jobs. So Part-time has increased by 1.2 million since June, but you're losing for every you know, for every one new job that, that you're gaining as a part-time job, you're losing almost one that is full-time. It's, it's, uh, it's not something that, that should be celebrated for sure. And uh, look, as far as the traders are concerned, that is the truth of it. The truth of it is that we can talk about fundamentals all day long. Yes, and at some point, the supply and demand physical fundamentals will come into play. But I think they'll come into play in a different way than most people think I'm hedging at. And that is that when the commercial banks, I believe, decide it's time to blow up the money managers and really do it in this environment where, according to Ted Butler, we have massive short position or massive shortage, rather, in available silver on the COMEX platform. Um, and you see, as you mentioned, uh, that we see a big price rise as the commercial banks go long and the managed money have been hoodwinked into going short and to selling their longs to the commercials at subsidized prices. One of these days, and I think this is Ted Butler's contention as well, that the big commercial banks will not short the rising market. And that's really what they've done all of these years, which is counterintuitive, right? You're supposed to short a falling market if you want to pile on and make bigger profits. If you short the rising market, you better have deep pockets or know the playbook or both. And that's what's so unusual about the way the commercial banks short this market. They suck in the speculation after they go short uh, and lose everything. Then they go long when the prices are low, the commercials take the other side, they let the price rise. 
And, and, and as the price is rising, the commercials start to short the rising price. One of these days, they won't do that. They won't short the rising price and it will just start to run away, creating a massive short squeeze. And the question is, where do these institutions get the silver? And I think that is probably a problem that Bear Stearns faced back in 2008. But I digress. The point of it is, is that, yeah, um, I think, you know, Ted is right on a lot of levels. And until until they stop shorting the market on a rising price, um, I think it's just going to be more of the same. And maybe this is the beginning. Maybe this is the beginning. Fundamentals would sure as hell say it ought to be. Because I certainly wouldn't want to be naked short in this market. I don't know about you. Well, it seems a little dicey given some of the things that are going on in the world. Although something you mentioned there that I have been thinking about, I know he's talked a bit lately about seeing a shortage of silver. Now we have on the COMEX and also in the LBMA, we had that big decline, which began two and a half years ago during silver squeeze, has leveled out a bit this year. I will pull up the COMEX chart here so we can take a look. This is over the past year, and we can see there's been some dips, although we're now a year where it's been hovering around that 30 to 40 million ounce range in the LBMA, similar picture where after a big decline, you've seen the levels stabilize. Any thoughts on what he's saying in terms of a shortage there? And have you been seeing any signs indicating as such? Well, number one, he talks about there being a baseline level where they're just not able to go below it. And I don't exactly know what he means. Um, maybe it, it, well, I don't know. He says there's a baseline level that they just can't go below. But are you able to pull up a chart uh, of the ETF outflows at the same time. I don't know if that's something you're able to do or not, but- I actually am able to do that and had it already ready as that was another thing to dig into today. And this does include COMEX as well as the ETFs like SLV and that's the blue line here. So- I think that's one of the ways they're doing it. You know, they've tried, ex they've tried exchange for physical. They've drained the exchanges as much as they could. You, re you breach a level that loses all confidence. I think that's what Ted means by this baseline level. Uh, and they've done the exchange for physical, and now they're draining the ETFs in, in share redemption, which is a much more um, opaque way of draining the exchanges. But you can see that, you know, um, that looks to me like you're, you're seeing silver leave. Now, people would say, well, that's just people selling their positions. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I do know that you you continually, we continually read that we see metal being pulled out of SLV and GLD and other ETFs. In fact, I think he had talked about uh, just the other day about a good number of gold ounces being taken out of the gold ETF uh, just this last week. So I think they're doing whatever they can to take as much metal away from the market before the market realizes what's going on. And this is why they can't let the price go too high, too fast. They cut off their nose despite their face. They're milking it methodically from the hands of anyone who's dumb enough to sell it at these levels. And, you know, what's the old saying? The market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. I get it. This has been a long overdue time and there's war and there's inflation. And why would it not? Why? That's all relevant. And that's all true until it's not. And, 
I think if you look closely and you see the amount of central bank purchasing, you see the the ETF offtakes. We've seen metal backdoored out of SLV and GLD. Uh, we've seen it taken off of the COMEX. We've seen it taken off the LBMA. They, they reaches the point where they have to keep trying to find other solutions. Look, they're doing it off the Shanghai Metal Exchange as well. Record low in silver, if I'm not mistaken, some of the largest offtakes in silver ever recently uh, off the Shanghai Exchange. So they're exhausting every avenue they can to pry metal from the market before it is exposed for its real value, a strategic value, not an industrial value or a monetary value, but a strategic value. And uh, I think that's exactly what's happening. They are misdirecting as the art of war. We've talked about this for years, you and I, this is classic misdirection. And, you know, the bigger question is why have they held it down for so long? What's the reason that they have such a concentrated short position and then take a step back from there and understand why they are act, letting it act this way. So the public with all of this money has no idea where to put it and gold and silver being such an amazing place to put it at these levels and with the geopolitical environment. And they're just blind to it because the banks are pretty damn good at, at creating a perception of reality. So I think you have to trust your gut. And that's the most honest answer I can give. Yeah, and as you mentioned, we see from Bai Zhaojun over in China mentioning that Shanghai Gold Exchange released its silver inventory report as of October 13th, showing another decrease in bringing us to lows not seen since back in 2020. Although, uh, back to the silver chart here, looking at the perhaps a gauge of the institutional interest. We've seen the silver continue to come out, whether that's being used to fill demand in other places, certainly a possibility, although somewhat indicating that we have yet to see much institutional interest in silver of late. Any thoughts on what changes that? Obviously, one of the things that you and I have talked about, I've talked with other people that I bring on the show is that would be interesting to see what happens in the silver space if you get a silver price over 30. But what do you think it takes to change? The That's what it is, Chris. I mean, it's all price. It's technical analysis. But if you're controlling and you want, let's just play conspiracy for one second. And let's okay. just say you're the Western markets, you're the U.S. government, and you, you withhold uh, silver eagles for years, create massive premiums because you're stockpiling silver you realize it's strategic. You realize that you need it. You realize that you're, 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 you know, in military applications and green and digital applications, all these aspirations of green world and whatever, you need the silver and we don't have it. So let's devise a way to get as much as we can. And maybe the U.S. is part of this too. Maybe the U.S. government is hoarding silver and using the, the commercial banks and their ability to control the price, keep it in a level uh, to create volatility uh, through levered futures contracts and to keep it not violating these moving averages. Like when gold just shot up, it just came up to the 200 day and came down. Now that's technical analysis 101. It was not confirmed. They're going to sell that. So the traders aren't going to buy that right now. At, you you play that market if you're a swing trader, but you don't if you're a, a hedge fund or whatnot. If it if it had if it's violating 
if it's not confirming, you're not going to buy that. So they keep it within range bound within these levels. They violate moving averages. They do things counterintuitively with price in a conspiratorial world where a lot of these things where there's a very fine line between conspiracy and reality, whoever is doing this, maybe they're doing it now. It wasn't always this way, but maybe now they're doing it because they realize they're at the 12th hour and they don't have enough silver in our strategic stockpile. So they're finding a way to keep the price at a level that makes everyone quite disinterested and allows them at prices very, very unfair to the producers of the silver, to the holders of silver, and to the real world value of silver are buying it and stockpiling it as maybe a last ditch chance to do so before it truly expresses itself in dollar prices. Because remember, you know, you look at gold, it's at all time highs in most of the currencies around the world, not silver yet, but gold is. And what happens when the dollar really tanks? That's, you know, if they're not already pre-positioned to that moment, well, good luck. So look, yeah, I know there's a, that's conspiracy, that's conjecture, I get it. But you have to try and start to figure things out. Like why the hell are they allowed to be so concentrated short? Why? Why, why, why are all these things happening that are just counterintuitive? I think that there's a little bit of conspiracy in every bit of reality and or vice versa. Or you know what I'm trying to say, but I don't know. I rest. I rest my case. Well, it is a hard market to figure out. And uh, especially, I mean, we get the COTV port every Friday instead of perhaps daily, which might be useful. So... Sometimes you have to uh, do a little searching, although, as I mentioned earlier, here was uh, last Friday's COT report, and we can see over here in the swap dealers, thanks to a 2400 deduction in their short position, increasing by 1700 longs, whereas you see to manage money, they were getting shorter by about 2700 contracts and Certainly, as we've seen historically, one of the better indicators of when there is a price increase. So banks on the long side now, which does not happen too often, but long about 2,800, uh, 2,300 contracts, let's call it. And so far, you've seen the price go up, uh, including last Friday's rather sizable move. Any thoughts on what we saw on last Friday's uh, increase where gold up almost $60, silver up almost a dollar, and certainly left us at a, a higher level coming into this week, partly fueled by concerns in the Middle East, but curious if you had any thoughts on what we saw at the end of last week. I mean, look, the world is becoming a crazy place everywhere. And one of these days, these entities that are naked short are going to, I think, um, be bankrupt in a matter of moments. They're going to be margin called. They're going to blow up. They're, you're not going to be able to get the silver. I mean, the, they trade more silver in one day than it's on the than many times the amount that's on the exchange. What's going to happen when when they let it run and they stop shorting the rising price? And you see price moves like that. They'll you'll see that in every few minutes while the market stops and resets the circuit breakers until it shuts down for a day. And I really think what you're going to see happen is that if you look at the outflows that are going to Asia, to China uh, in particular, if you look at, at the fact that it, I think it was last year or the year before, um, the, the, the Chinese government set up a, a program where the average Chinese citizen, even those that are, that are less uh, 
well off than than the average person in China. They're able to every single week or month buy gold directly from the Shanghai Gold Exchange and have it kept there. They are promoting this to their citizens. They continue to buy an increasingly large number. And, you know, you're starting to see talk of the merging of the Shanghai Gold Exchange and the Moscow Metals Exchange. And, and um, you're going to see, I believe, at one point, all of this metal that is right now, you look at the price of gold in, in, in Shanghai, it's $120 an ounce more than in London. How much is going to get arbitraged over there? Is that opening their eyes to the fact that if they set a price even higher than that, that all of this metal will just arbitrage over there? And I, I thought that would happen for a long time. But these exchanges that are viewing the shenanigans on the COMEX and the LBMA, that was the whole reason they started the Moscow Metals Exchange. Was And, and, and when they said it, they said, this is to combat the, you know, the deceit in the Western markets. And one of these days... These are the entities that are accumulating all of the gold. You know, you look at, at, at the central banks who bought it all, the West is like selling it, and it's mostly China and, and, and Russia and, and India and, and Saudi Arabia and Poland and all of these countries. Now, Poland, I don't kind of just threw in there because I just read that they bought an awful lot recently, but all of these countries are massively accumulating it. And the majority of it is going to the BRICS countries, the majority of it. In fact, 2,932 tons over the last 12 years has gone to the BRICS countries in terms of what they say they have bought from, you know, four of the five BRICS countries. And I don't know. I just think that at some point, it's because of the way they're able to control the price like this and play this game um, that you're going to see the price of gold and silver and commodities in general, I think at some point will move eastward because these exchanges are, 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 are not a true reflection of demand. When you say, you know, when we see uh, prices decline, we haven't, no one sells. This is all done on paper. And the reality of what's going on in the retail market is completely detached from what goes on on COMEX. And it's just detached. The, the, the futures market is controlling the price, not the commodity controlling the, the futures market or controlling the price. It's the tail wagging the dog. And I think much like many of the things that are growing long in the tooth with the Western system, this will go by the way of the dodo bird. And I think you'll see other exchanges start to pick up the torch and carry the real price of gold and silver in the future. So one of these days, they're going to let it run and you're going to see price swings like this much, much higher, maybe a couple hundred bucks in gold, maybe 20 bucks in silver, who knows? But I think this is what it will look like in terms of how fast it will go. But I think it'll be much more in terms of its dollar appreciation. Well, we actually did get a warning about that back in 2014, where the chairman of the Shanghai Gold Exchange mentioned Shanghai Gold will change the current gold market with its consumed in the East, but priced in the West arrangement. When China has the right to speak in the international gold market, true price of gold will be revealed. That's something that Vince Lancey has talked about on his Monday show quite a bit over the past couple months, where the market eventually shifts to where the consumer is. And certainly that has been very much so in China. And 
Interesting. They bought for the 11th consecutive month. They bought another 840,000 ounces. And, and India has bought for the largest purchase they've made in the last 15 months. These countries are the ones buying all the gold. And they're the ones that are going to set the price. And India just came out, it came out recently with a new with a new futures exchange for metals and, and commodities in India. They're moving away from the Western lying system, is my opinion. Well, it does seem to be that that is what's happening. Although back in the U.S., would you imagine what Janet Yellen said on Monday in terms of whether the U.S. can support and afford a war in Israel as well as Ukraine? Yeah, we can afford two wars, she says. I mean, it's 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 really ridiculous. Uh, we I think we're in very very big trouble um, as a as a as it pertains to this war or all the wars, my fear is that this could very quickly spiral into something with Iran. This is something that uh, I think could lead to much higher oil prices. Uh, you got the Straits of Hormuz, which controls 20% of the world's oil. Uh, you could see disruptions in the shipping lanes there. As it pertains to oil, you could see this spiraling out of control. You could see an oil embargo. You could see OPEC start to say, we, you know, you're not aligned with what we're talking about. And we're no longer going to price oil in dollars and bang. That's that moment I've been talking about forever. And I didn't think it would come that way, but hey, why not? You, you piss off enough, enough of these OPEC countries and they say, we're done taking dollars. All of us, just like that company did in, in Russia, the second or third largest oil producer in Russia will not take dollars anymore. It's going to happen. And that's that moment where the world dumps dollars and interest rates spike to the moon to compensate for all of that inflation. That's how serious this could become and or worse. And it's not something to take lightly. And at the same time, we're bankrupting ourselves. It's a very scary situation on every single level. And um I don't know. I hate, I hate even seeing what I see as it pertains to war. I just would like to go back to simpler times, Chris. But uh, as the Chinese curse says, may you live in interesting times. Well, fortunately, Janet also said the U.S. economy is strong and good to go. So that, um, again, if you took government spending out of those GDP figures, would probably leave us with with a different outlook coming from those numbers. But Andy, the last thing I wanted to run by you, obviously we touch on each week, but now with the prices a little bit higher, back to where they were a couple of weeks ago, it seems, seems like we stay in that range. Has that affected premiums at all in the past week or so? No, it hasn't. It's the damnedest thing. I, I You know, call me stumped. I have no idea why they haven't taken off yet. Look, as far as I'm concerned, we're not going to see premiums rise until until there's something that wakes people up. And, you know, I can pound my hand on the table as much as I want. Uh, but I, I think it will it will stem from a banking problem. And the fuse to the banking crisis has been lit. And the next one, I, look, I was at lunch the other day with with two business owners, very successful business owners. And I asked them, do either of you know what a bail-in is? And neither of them did. They had no clue. And were blown away when I explained it was written into law in the Dodd-Frank Act. And I, I think this is what they want. They want to call the banks. The banks are fragile already. Rates continue to rise. 
and wait until we see a bank bail-in. Now, this is what will ignite the fuse, not only in people's awakening to precious metals, but it, it will, I think, be that moment that I've always talked about where you won't find anything because the public at large has never even thought about buying metals. But where do you go in that moment where the banks are bailed in and it creates a, a, a chain reaction with all of these banks that are very underfunded and over, you know, over uh, uh, leveraged and and have this this massive amount of of unrealized losses very quickly. This could turn very, very ugly. That's when premiums really take off, in my opinion. Look, there's a million places where reasons why the premiums could and should and probably will take off. But I can only say it so much. No, these are are as opportune in terms of premium as we continue to see over the last four years, at least. And that blows my mind because you, I read Ted Butler every week and he talks about this huge shortage in Comex silver. Uh, I don't have a problem with it right now, but I will tell you, I could see that as I have many times before change in the blink of an eye. And that's, again, as truthful as I can be. Well, I think that's a good thing that premiums are staying down, at least for the time being. And Hopefully helps out a little bit. And Andy, with that said, going to wrap up for today. Although, was there anything on special for people who are interested in purchasing gold or silver at this particular time? Yeah, we are continuing with the uh, the silver Morgan dollar design rounds. They are one ounce rounds made by a private refinery. They're not U.S. mint Morgan dollars, but they look just like them. Uh, and they're really neat. They're really, really beautiful one ounce silver rounds that are different than the ones you typically see that, that look like the, the Buffalo or some other design. These are, are, are Morgan rounds that I haven't seen in a long time. And they're really, really nice They're $2.09 over. And um, as good as anything, if you're looking for, for good value while not giving that, that diversity or the, the, the utility or the liquidity up. And that's really very, very, very important. I think, Liquidity is really important and, and um, utility. So you're always better having 101 ounce rounds than one 100 ounce bar. And at these levels where it might be a difference of 20 bucks on 100 ounces, it's a way better choice. So 209 over on the Morgan Silver Dollar rounds, brand new, ready to go. Well, appreciate that. Appreciate you checking in as always for our weekly physical silver report and see how things go in the next week. Hopefully uh, hopefully there'll be some miracle and a relaxing of tension in the world. I think uh, certainly would be welcomed and interesting. I've heard from a couple of people in the silver space in the past month or two who have physical health issues, wonder at times if some of these events are getting to people a little bit, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, to the people who are struggling a little bit, and fortunately, Rafi doing okay over in Israel, and um, just hope people are staying safe out there. So, thank you, Andy, and we will see you again next week. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. God bless. Well, thank you, Andy, as always, for this week's update. Of course, it's good to get an insight into what is happening in terms of the news affecting silver, as well as the pricing and premiums on the retail level, which fortunately have stayed in check. Obviously, they got pretty big earlier this year during the banking issues, although really have stayed on the lower side for the last couple of months. So I 
think that is certainly good news for anyone who is in the market purchasing silver. And I would imagine that we will see that change at some point in time, although certainly not something I'm looking forward to as a purchaser of silver, but we'll keep an eye on it each week going forward. And before we wrap up, did want to thank BlackRock Silver who brought us today's show and also brought us a new resource estimate last Tuesday after the close where they increased their maiden resource estimate, which had come in last year at 42 million ounces of silver equivalent. They're now up to 100.04 million ounces on 6.12 million tons, grading 508 grams per ton. This is from their flagship project in Tonopah West that they have been exploring and developing for the last three years. And now they came back with 47.74 million ounces of silver and 0.57 million ounces of gold at a discovery cost of 29 cents per ounce, where they are getting average gold and silver recovery grades of 95% on the gold side, 87% average on the silver side. And of course, in addition to what they just released this week, they do feel that there is still potential for expansion of the resource, which will in particular be based on the infill drilling between the targets that they have already identified, as well as at depth and step-out drilling to further expand what they have discovered in the Northwest step-out areas. So certainly some big news that has come out of BlackRock Silver over the past week. Stock is up quite a bit in the past week, uh, almost 30%. So has been received positively by the market. And I will leave the link to this press release in the description field below so you can find out a bit more with what they came back there. But just wanted to pass that along. Thanks, as always, for tuning in today. Hope you're having a great afternoon out there, and I will see you again tomorrow.